to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh, a place to chow down on topics relevant to writers of all kinds. Hello, and welcome to Marissa's Wicked Word Nosh. I'm Marissa, and this is a weekly podcast in which I talk about a wide variety of writing-related and reading-related topics, and occasionally, I get a really cool guest. That's the case this week, finally, because it's been a few months since I've had a guest on, and I'm really excited to uh, give you this interview. I spoke last week with Daniela Valenti. I have known Daniela for some time on Twitter and Instagram, and I read her uh, book, The Diamond Rose, which is the first novel in the Sentinel-10 series several months ago, and I was really impressed with Daniela's writing style. Um, I I really got into the book. I really found the story exciting. Um, There were some really exotic locales, a lot of uh, fast-paced adventure, and really, really strong characters. And I'm really interested in seeing more of what Daniela does in this this series. So uh, I had a really good talk with Daniela last week. Uh, She spoke about the process of writing The Diamond Rose and also uh, a little bit about the rest of the series. And she also said some really helpful things about publicity, Kirkus reviews, that type of thing. So uh, I'm gonna go right into this interview. And again, I really think there's a lot in here that uh, you will learn from and be able to take away uh, to apply to your own writing. So enjoy. My guest today is Daniela Valenti. Daniela Valenti is a Canadian psychiatrist with a penchant for the paranormal and a fascination with human nature's dark side. Her knowledge of human behavior is translated into complex, multi-dimensional characters. Her narrative worlds are full of supernatural events, psychological allegories, international travel, and sexy alpha men. A graduate of McGill University, she is a book lover and chatty introvert who lives in Montreal. Daniela, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, um, what I was just going to ask you to do first is maybe just talk about how you started writing, what got you interested in writing, um, whether you always wrote fiction, whether you maybe started out writing something else. How how'd you get into that? Okay, so I, I think like most the people who end up writing something, um, I started to try and write when I was a, a child. I mean, obviously, I mean, that did not result in, in much of anything, but I was always reading a lot. I had occasionally like stories in my head. Um, but really, like the real, the real story, my first real story only happened um, four years ago. Like the first book, the Diamond Rose, the first book of the of the the Sentinel Ten series. Right. It just happened. It just happened. Uh, it was completely unexpected, to be honest. So, it's it's more like okay. So I was in in, in Prague, um, okay. attending a conference, and then I was on an airplane back to Canada, and right there, um, it wasn't like an eight hour flight. Uh, the story just formed itself it just took shape it just completely the the whole narrative just happened wow like almost like a movie i i I gotta add though that uh when i was in my early early 20s uh that's when i first 
came up with the idea of you know a sentinel those uh, super psychic powers right a few of the characters uh it was very rudimentary though you know the kind of the you know life experience uh, was not there <clears throat> and maybe it was a little bit inspired uh well it was a little bit inspired at the time by uh buffy the vampire slayer the tv okay. show okay yeah because <laughs> it was that long ago because <laughs> i'm not in my 20s anymore i'm not either don't worry about it oh okay all right um, anyway, so all that to say well, well that's pretty much how it it's just like all those years you know the, the 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 characters or the initial idea there was no story there was just like bits and pieces and then eventually uh like suddenly in prague uh, right then in the summer 2017 in july it just happened everything just came together like on its own it's it's quite amazing that's really great i'm always interested in um speaking to writers who do series um when you were writing the diamond rose did you know at that point that you wanted to turn it into a series like w when does that like I guess I'm curious whether some writers have this series imagined in their heads, like when they first start writing and others maybe come to it uh, later on. Like, how did you decide you wanted to do yeah. a series? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it it happened indeed later on. Um, the first story, like The Diamond Rose, uh, I actually thought it was going to be, oh my God, the one and only, my first and, and only book ever, my first story. Uh, and then once I finished it, uh, the first draft, once I finished the first draft, uh, it took me like a month, in fact, to finish the first draft. Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, well, no, it cannot end there. Right. Uh, oh, no, it's going to continue. So I wrote the second one, uh, like the second book, the first draft. And then I'm like, oh, my God, but no, 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 no. I know it's not ending there. So it just yeah. continued. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, well, you know what? It just keeps happening. It's going to be enough for a, a series of like uh, 12 or 10 or 12. Wow. At this point, it's going to be 12. <laughs> oh, that's great. For some reason, maybe because it, it it's called Sentinel 10, I thought it was going to be 10, but 12. I can definitely, definitely see that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh I was reading the Q&A on the website that I'm going to include a link to in the notes for this episode so our listeners can go and check that out, but I saw that real events have inspired events in your stories, and I think that's really fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about the kind of research you do for, the, uh, for, for your writing, and what guidance for research do you maybe have for fiction writers who are inspired by history, even if they don't necessarily want to write a historical novel maybe they want to put a few events into the into their novel just to you know make it seem more realistic uh okay so i'm i'm, I'm not sure it's like okay so the uh, the real events that um i'm referring to it's like usually true crime okay so it's it's not so much about being well in particular realistic in fact some of them it's, it, they're not, they, they sound a little far-fetched, like the, the parachute suicides, that's like, wow. But that's true, by the way, that was a real, 
real thing that I read on uh, in July 2017 of all things I read uh, that on MSN news okay it, it really happened in Italy though uh, anyway so that's how for instance in particular that's how I came to incorporate it because I don't know it just it just uh, it, it fit I needed some kind of horrible thing to happen right uh, and and that was uh, outrageously interesting um, other things like for me I'm a big uh, well i don't want to say fan of true crime you know like i'm, I'm not a fan of criminals right but, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like i'm i i know everything all the crimes pretty much that anything on youtube i've heard it all i've been reading about true crime uh what since i've been a teenager like since age 12 like it's a it's it's quite something so i know so many crimes and and any advice i mean it's more like when we come up with stories like stories they um they kind of incorporate stories are like art really it's the inspiration yeah and it yeah and it takes pieces of y y who you are and it takes pieces of your knowledge your personality and pieces of your you know your all sorts of things that you read about or seen or heard life events so that's how when you're in the zone <laughs> in the right. writing zone when the story is uh, you know taking shape it just naturally kind of happens like you you think of something and whatever it's already sort of a, a part of you so like what you read or you know in that sense you know it, it it becomes incorporated into your imagination and you can twist it or just get a little bit of it or you know what i mean so so that's how it happens yeah okay yeah um that's uh that's great i do know some people that are like heavily into like reading and watching stuff on true crime it is a it is a pretty big genre um so yeah so it it Definitely, I'm always curious about why people, I guess, you know, find that interesting. I also find it really interesting that you're into the paranormal, and I'm, well, that, that the, you incorporate paranormal elements into, into your book, I should say. And uh, I, I definitely wanted to ask you about that as well. Like, how did you become interested enough in the paranormal that you decided you wanted to incorporate that into your works? Oh yeah, well, so the 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 Sentinel Ten series, in fact, it's in a way, it's it's a lot more about the the paranormal, the supernatural stuff than true crime, really. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and and paranormal is well, you know, uh, it's it's basically just another big interest of mine. Yeah, also, mine too. <laughs> for the longest, yeah, like legends or just the paranormal stuff, like ghosts or investigations, and yeah. it's it, I, I don't believe in it. Uh, I'm a scientist, you know, uh, critical thinking, uh, evidence based. But in any case, it's fascinating because it's so much fun, and it's it's again, it's like fantasy. It's just the what if, and uh, it's just glamorously interesting and uh, exotic um so that's how you know you, you, you it's it's um well you know fairy tales can be almost like paranormal you know it's right. all supernatural and out of this world so uh, it's all a part of uh escaping you know escaping the the routine of our daily lives <laughs> yeah i i like that you mentioned that because i did an episode on escapist literature a while back and i i go back to it every once in a while on my podcast and i mention it and i think 
escapism, I think escapist literature gets a bad rap because I think there's definitely a need for it, especially with everything we've seen going on in the world in the last year. Um, what, uh, what more can you say about that? Maybe, maybe the escapist angle, like what, like maybe what do you find rewarding about literature that helps people escape from the daily daily lifestyle that they're going through and everything yeah. going on well, in the world yeah well we definitely need to escape i mean it's <laughs> it's what else are you gonna do exactly like, like marinate in stress you just marinate in it day in day out i mean you gotta find some kind of an escape something uh else to occupy your mind and whatnot so uh, some people like again it's it all depends um people who have uh, imagination people who are more into reading uh well this becomes their escape you know uh some people will play sports instead right yeah <laughs> so hey whatever um i'm not too much into sports unfortunately so whatnot i'm, I'm an introvert that's another thing i am right? too so I think, <laughs> right so introverts are uh, uh are more you know like we introverts in fact like the major definition of being an introvert is that we we need uh to time on our own alone to relax to exactly really, like uh, yeah so so what else uh, i mean that's that's just how it is so we need our own time and we can read or whatever like and and then you just let your mind uh, take off um and yeah i definitely agree that oh my god the last year all that it's extremely stressful i mean this is something uh, a century from now the future people will be like, oh, yeah, that pandemic 100 years ago, those poor people. Yeah. <laughs> That's us right now. So we yeah. need to escape. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I also find your background ground in psychiatry interesting because that's a that's another interest that I have have you seen a lot of this type of like incorporating psychiatry into into fiction have you seen a lot of that in the works that you've read in the past is there anything that might have inspired you in particular or do you see this as maybe <laughs> yeah, something that you haven't yeah. seen enough of or maybe yeah, not in the way no, you would have liked yeah. I definitely okay so I what, what, okay all right so what I've seen of psychiatry, the way it's represented in the, you know, in the mainstream media, in movies, in books, it's appalling. Yeah. It's been so, all so bad and, and wrong, just, just inaccurate, like completely inaccurate. You know, we, we don't, oh my God, the psychiatrist, first of all, is not the same as a psychologist. Right. And nobody knows the difference. It's all, it's a mess. It's a mess. There's, and everyone thinks Freud and, and the couch or I don't know what, like just <laughs> yeah. listen to that. Oh God, no, it's medication, medication, okay? Um, primarily, although again, we, we definitely need to understand people, but the, the main thing to remember, uh, we're doctors and it is the medical approach. Like uh, there's a certain approach in medicine to everything. So every, every medical specialty and psychiatry is a medical specialty, uh, so we all use, frankly, at the, at the um, underneath it all, uh, the same uh, approach. So to history taking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so there's no, you know, like oh my God, nobody wants to in fact know about your patient's sex life 
oh my god no i i we never ask about their sex life right. and in movies it's all like oh yeah we're all so sexual psychiatrist oh my god it's like it's horrible um anyway but in 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 terms of how it inspires uh, me uh well it's two things out of psychiatry of sorts that uh, i find especially fascinating uh psychopaths so the okay. concept of psychopathy and the concept of narcissism okay yeah oh narcissism i see it everywhere i, I like I, i'm sure i see too much of it in terms of like I'm, I'm really biased like that's the first thing i i think of like in real life i'm not talking about my patients necessarily but right uh in real life i'm like oh like uh, but, but in, in any case it's it's amazing there's there's so much that is there's so much human evil and yeah. problems and behaviors that are in fact explainable by narcissism yeah yeah <laughs> so that's that's what it is yeah that's definitely um i don't really i i try to follow what goes on in other countries but um i some of the things that have happened in the last year in this country, you've seen some very narcissistic individuals on the world stage. I'll leave it at that. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, yes. The classic cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I also noticed in the Q&A that you talked about having female heroines. And I wanted to ask you, what's the process of creating a strong female her heroine like for you? Um, are there any that maybe inspired your protagonist, Amanda, of uh, the Diamond Rose in particular? And are there any stereotypes that you've seen of female heroines that you maybe purposely avoided when you were working on creating Amanda? I mean, I, I wouldn't say purposefully avoiding as such. Um, okay, so t t to be honest, uh, all right, well, again, uh, a writer always incorporates uh parts of themselves so frankly quite a bit of amanda is kind of me but, right. but not you know I, I am way more complicated and 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 and, and problematic i think than amanda yeah <laughs> uh, ooh, too, too much information but it, well in general again I'm, I'm like almost like all of them uh all of my characters in, in some small fashion uh or other but in any case so amanda is almost like well she's just a you just imagine that it's it's a it's a regular person you know she's a well she's an up and coming anesthesiologist you know she's doing she's starting her medical residency um and uh, well anyway she had a narcissistic father okay. uh, but, but but the one thing that i want to avoid or i should say i just don't like let's say in in other books is that you know the, this whole you know i don't even know like I understand that they have to be strong and of course yes well people are strong women are strong uh, but to me strength is more internal and not external and what I mean is simply right. my people will not fight like my women will not fight physically this whole thing oh I'm a super karate expert I'm gonna take down the the ogre or i don't know what kind of a huge man monster i'm just like this and uh, there we go and i'm unharmed or if i'm harmed oh i don't care i have broken bones i'm good to go uh, i've literally seen that in paranormal romance 
and it's it's weird it's just weird i find it like you know women can have psychic pulses like yeah. psychic surges they have super psychic powers why not and it just it's it's devastating but you know they don't have to they can still walk in uh, stiletto heels and uh, <laughs> yeah and be glamorous <laughs> and smart <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely important. I like seeing smart heroines myself, so a lot of what you said resonated with me. I also noticed that the second book in the series, The Crystal Skull, will be released in August. Um, I don't want you to give too much away um, if you don't want to, but if you could maybe just talk a little bit about the process of putting that book together and maybe how that's similar and different to the process of releasing the diamond rose that would be um like whatever you're comfortable saying about the crystal skull uh, like the process itself or more the story yeah maybe your approach with um maybe maybe i don't want to say uh maybe less lessons you've learned but maybe something you might yeah. want to do differently this time or maybe something yeah. you didn't know about the first Oh, I see, book? I see, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I've definitely learned uh, a few lessons. Uh, there's lots of, anyway, yeah, there's just, uh, and I'm sure there's so many more to learn. Um, okay, so frankly, at this point, I'm, I'm sort of, I think I may want to contact uh, what's called a hybrid publisher. The previous book was published, like, through a publishing company, not a, publishing house right uh, but a publishing company uh, and what and my main editor was in fact like the the CEO of that company so she was producing everything she I had like two editors anyway from her company herself the, the main one uh, Jessica and Francine uh, another editor who worked there now Jessica in December she dissolved her company uh, I'm sure the pandemic contributed to it that uh, she yeah. just can't like anyways she's uh, she she frankly is moving away to Europe <laughs> so I'm I yeah. definitely lost Jessica and everything so I have to find uh, pretty much everything uh, fresh you know uh, new um, yeah uh, I'll so I still have Francine as an editor I have another editor as well a Canadian one and I sort of have a third editor. So at this point, uh, anyway, so other things. So I'm going to be looking into a hybrid publisher. That's okay. number one. That's going to be different. Although we'll see what the timelines would be like if the hybrid publisher accepts me anyway. You know, they might not. You, you never know. Right. Uh, it is the second book in the series, which is, a, is always more difficult to, to sell. Like if you didn't. You know, if you didn't engage with them with the first book, but whatever, I'll I'll give it a shot probably. If not, I mean, uh, aside from that, well, you you need to like send your advanced copies to readers and reviewers, and I'll get my Kirkus review uh, before I publish, uh, as opposed to last time the well with the Diamond Rose, I got my uh, Kirkus review well technically before I published, but like uh, literally two days before I published. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, so, so basically it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work each, like in terms of publishing and getting everything ready. Cause you, you need to build up the, um, 
you need to build up the the audience in a way you need to build up some noise or awareness is the word i'm looking for awareness uh you got to get it out there and it's not easy because also right i have a, a full-time job I, I i do that's that's a psychiatrist right so uh yeah. it's, it's not all easy yeah i'm actually gonna ask you a little more about that later because there's something that i wanted to ask about um just just in general like a busy lifestyle that type of thing but um i'm curious i honestly don't know that much about kirkus reviews um and i'm not sure about our listeners too like what kind of familiarity they have so what exactly is a kirkus review for our listeners and um what do you think the importance it is it of um a writer having a re a kirkus review Okay, so the Kirkus Review is the this sort of like old industry standard. It's okay. still an old. It's sorry. It's still an industry standard even in our days. But it used to be like a well, an even bigger standard. <laughs> um, so it's it's just. You know, but when people say I have a good Kirkus review, well, it just means that you know, like people who know what they're talking about found your book good. Okay. Uh, you know, like you know, pro pro professionals. It's like a professional standard. Um, now, whatever. The most important thing on, uh, in reality, in the real world. Um, the most important thing is the reviews from the readers on Amazon and Goodreads, etc. But yeah, the Kirkus is is a is a big, like really well established industry standard. You uh, purchase well, you, you purchase the chance to submit to Kirkus, okay, like in order to in like in order to be in order to send your uh, your manuscript for a review, you you have to pay for that because they have their professional editors or uh, whatever reviewers. Uh, that are going to be assigned like one i suppose is assigned and that's it and then you wait it, it takes over a month and then uh and then when it arrives uh, it is what it is so there you go you can use it or you can decide not to use it they they publish it in their own kirkus uh journal or magazine or whatever they call it and another thing with kirkus uh in particular apparently librarians uh, are very much into, uh, you know, they really respect Kirkus reviews. Okay. So again, it's, yeah, it's a, like, an, like a well-established uh, old industry standard. Okay, yeah. Thanks for talking about that, because I think, uh, I think uh, listeners might find that helpful. You know, I always like to give um, a lot of information that um, they might not be aware of or they might not have known too much about. And I like to learn as well. Like I said, I don't really know that much about it. So yeah, definitely thanks for going into that. I wanted to talk a little bit about the locales that you've used in your writing as well. I remember in the Diamond Rose that you mentioned traveling to some of the places that you wrote about, and you also mentioned the conference in Prague. I've never been there. I would really love to go there someday. Do you think it's important that a writer visits the places they write about beforehand? And if not, how would you suggest that somebody who maybe wants to write about a, a certain locale but has never been there, what's the best way to go about it as far as like finding out yeah. what to? Well, yeah. So e either way, uh, ultimately, I think either uh, way is fine, is good. Um, I, I think with the Google and Google Images and travel blogs or 
whatever like there's so much stuff on the internet uh even if you don't go somewhere you can find a lot of uh of things online uh instagram as well obviously vacation pics right <laughs> yeah videos reels it's like it's everywhere um so hey if it inspires you uh, you can certainly describe things uh, without going there um so However, when you're on location, well, you develop sort of your own impression, like a visceral impression that you can't necessarily, or I think at all, get from you know, videos, Instagrams, Google images, articles. Uh, right. So being somewhere gives you th th that chance, that extra chance. Uh, especially, in, and, and by the way, so uh, a few, well, uh, quite a few of those locations that I describe, um, I've I've been there in the years before 2017. So before I started, uh, you know, my books. Um, right. And, and it's different because I, like, okay, what I'm trying to say is, after 2017, the most recent travels. For instance, I went to Sicily in 2019. Okay. Um, and and then when I'm when I was on location, uh, I would consciously pay pay attention or retain certain like basically I was there also as a writer and trying to retain some elements or information, looking around with um, the eyes of a writer and yeah. trying to remember things to write about as opposed to just tourists having fun. Okay, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's great. Um, that's really uh, really interesting. Um, I like that I liked how you used the locales in uh, Diamond Rose and I'm looking forward to seeing where uh, the other books in your series like mm. where you where you have them set. Um, so I want to go back to your background and um, being really, you know, being really busy. Um, what tips would you have for somebody who maybe wants to write and wants to publish and maybe even commit to a series, but they have a busy lifestyle? Like, what are some good ways to uh, fit writing in and also maybe um, the publicity angle when you're um, when you're doing the publicity for the book and submitting to Kirkus Reviews or wherever, like, how do you uh, suggest balancing everything? Yeah, well, that is a hundred thousand dollars question. Um, look, it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, the, the main thing, Okay, so back when I, I started, uh, when the whole like inspiration was happening on a daily basis, 24-7 type of thing, um, almost, um, when it was going so so well and so effortlessly, you know, in my head, <laughs> right. uh, 2017, uh, from July uh, 2017, uh, until, frankly, uh, until about like, um, so it, it, it was for about 18 months that I was writing every day and it wasn't wow. a chore. It's just, you know, okay, so in, in terms of advice, very important to write whenever is inspiration hits. Don't put it off, find some kind of way to write uh, something while you're thinking of it, because afterwards it's amazing, but you can really lose it. And it's right. like, I know, and you know, and you're just gonna lose it. Uh, so th that's pretty much the only advice how to balance time. Oh, I don't know. It's it's like at this point, I got to say, um, all those books are, are like basically my 12 books. They're 
like mm. so that they're all in various stages of completion oh wow but if i had to yeah but if i had to start uh, like a new uh, I, I don't think I would be able to quite do it because, again, like the inspiration is um, rather erratic these days yeah. and I would almost say infrequent. Um, but the pandemic didn't help, to be honest. That's another thing. Like with any additional level of stress yeah. and actually no travel, because travel always, that's another thing. When I'm in a relaxed state of mind, there's more inspiration. There's more, you know, when you're in like exhausted after work. Well, these days, the, it's it's different. I don't, uh, it's just, it's not happening <laughs> the same way in my head um, when I'm tired. So advice, uh, well, I don't know, do your best. Uh, f- find your priorities, but try to make your writing a priority somewhere in there and follow the inspiration. Okay, yeah, I think that's good. Um, how do you feel about the, like, what's your preference as a writer for things like publicity? Is it something that you enjoy doing, or is it more of, like, a necessary evil? How do you approach that? Publicity, well, that's another million-dollar question. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I've tried so much. Uh, whatever you know, the whatever the song is. Uh, I, I tried so hard. Uh, came so far. In the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it feels because it's like it's very hard to get it out there. Um, because if you're not with one of the big publishing houses, what it is is you don't have the same. Um, you know, presumed, um, I want to say legitimacy, but well, in a way, it's, it's not the word I'm looking for, but it's, it is a legitimacy. Like people won't trust you, your writing, um, or your books as much. Um, you don't have the same level of respect or whatnot. Right. Uh, right. So it is more difficult. Um, I don't know, like, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's a work in progress, right? So, uh, it's very much a work in progress. It's something I'm, I'm still learning a lot about. Uh, just recently I've attended the virtual, um, world ad conference with real marketing professionals on, on their presenting. Uh, it wasn't about books, but Hey, it's, uh, it's marketing. So, right. Oh my God. So lots of ideas from there. Uh, but I have to find the time now to try and make like better ads, you know, Instagram ads, uh, it's good to use them. I mean, I tried early on when I released the first book, I tried a crazy thing that I absolutely useless. I don't recommend. Uh, I spent a lot of money on, um, make like, I actually got some, uh, ads, um, in bus shelters in a couple of cities. Okay, like, yeah, I think I saw crazy, some of. The, I think crazy. I saw some of those on your yeah. Instagram. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, it's all real and it's all expensive. Uh, absolutely useless. Oh. <laughs> I guarantee, uh, if any, like nobody should get those crazy ideas. Um, absolutely useless. Oh my god, that that is one thing. Obviously, I'm never gonna do it again, uh, because big you know like big endeavors like that they're 
they're only appropriate for people who are already like a household name almost or something right. really solid behind them because otherwise it just looks weird probably I, i'm assuming that's why it didn't work because it just looks like what the hell is that and i haven't seen it before or anywhere else and that's that's just weird so yeah so lots to learn Lots to learn. You gotta have reviewers. Uh, you gotta have uh, well, Instagrammers, Bookstagrammers, yeah. all sorts of bloggers. This is oh my god. Anyway, work in progress. And how do you feel? Like you, you did mention Instagram. Do you find that for uh, for write like a writer, Instagram is a, is a really good social media platform because I know some. I've seen some writers saying that sometimes they don't know what to post on Instagram, and I, yeah. I my Instagram's mostly like pictures I take and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so is it good? Well, okay. So you, you, uh, a person has to find the right uh, social media for them, right? For their style of communication or social engagement or whatever. So, um, I find Instagram is, is promising. Uh, you really, I just have to, uh, I have to go through all sorts of this information that I, I gathered from, you know, this, like I said, the, 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 the world ad conference, I signed up for other like, uh, social media courses, like, okay. uh, whatever it's just i i signed up i paid but i mean i haven't found the time to actually go through it so i have to find the time and go through it but uh, it is promising there's other things there's uh, reddit okay uh, reddit i think because it's all well it's all about stories and posts i think and things like that uh i think it's quite promising and i really want to get into it and now the time is the limiting factor for me because I do have the day job. So at this point, but, but I will get to, to it. I'll, I'll have to get to it. So Reddit, there's Pinterest. Uh, that's uh, that's another kind of a visual uh, platform. Uh, apparently works for some people. I don't know, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, I didn't find it useful for me. Uh, but in any case, uh, whatever. But, but, but you have to be consistent. That's why you can't be everywhere. You really have to be consistent in terms of you have to actually be on it and do something with it on a, pretty much on a daily basis. Or it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you got to be into it, whatever you choose for social media. I'm finding that it is important to be consistent and be, be on it every day. I do think it's good to pick a platform that works for you and stick to that. I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, that's very, I think that'll be very helpful to a lot of people. Um, that's pretty much all I had uh, for now as far as questions. Um, if there's anything you'd like to add to what you said, uh, I, would, I would like to open that up to you. Um, well, um, usually I struggle with this kind of a opening uh, question. Um, no, I think I've, uh, I've been chatting a lot. I think I've, uh, I tend to talk fast. I, I've said quite a bit. Um, well, certainly again, the crystal skull will be out, uh, at some point. Well, at this point it's supposed to be August the 31st. We will, you know, that's, that's, that's okay. what it's supposed to be. So that's um, a sequel to The Diamond Rose, so it's not like a separate story. Uh, in fact, it's a continuation. It's the same characters, and, and that's something maybe I should add as well, because th that's the thing. The Sentinel-10 series, all the books are all about, like, it's just, it follows 
pretty much the same characters. There's going to be additions later on, but anyway, it follows the same, certainly the same main character, Amanda, as okay. she develops uh, within, like, whatever, over 10 years of her life. So the Crystal Skull is a sequel, and uh, everything else will be also a sequel in a way. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I really am glad that you spoke to me, Daniela. I uh, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot, and I uh, you, you said a lot of really great things that I know my listeners will find helpful as well. So. I want to thank you for coming on my show and talking to me. I've been wanting to do thank this for a you. while. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, uh, I, I, I hope I hope it's been useful or at least interesting. <laughs> very, very to both. Thank you. I really thank you and I haven't had an interview in a while, so this I think this is a this is a good one, definitely. Oh great! Yay! All right. Well, that's 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 amazing. That's that's a great uh, yeah. That's a great first for me. <laughs> yeah. You. Oh, and a great first interview <laughs> as well for you. I mean, you did a really really good yeah. job. Once again, I would really like to thank my guest, Daniela Valenti, for speaking to me recently, and I uh, I hope you'll you'll check out uh, the links that I include in the notes for this episode. Um, you'll be able to check out the Diamond Rose, and you'll be able to find out more about the Sentinel-10 series and about Daniela. Uh, so please check them out, and I would also love it if you could let me know what you think. Email me at marissadeliforfolly at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, if you don't already, at, at marissad13. And on Instagram at www.instagram.com slash marissadf13. Also, my Buy Me a Coffee page is up and running. So if you'd like to go and buy me a coffee, you can do so at www.buymeacoffee.com slash marissadf13. And... If you do buy me a coffee, I will mention you in an upcoming episode to show how grateful I am. And finally, I would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, as it will help a lot more people find out about my, my show. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and for all of your support, and I really hope you are getting a lot out of what I have to give you in this podcast this week and every week. I'm always looking for ways to um, let you know exactly what's out there, ways that maybe you can improve your writing, maybe even your reading, critical thinking skills. I'm always looking for stuff like that on my on my own. And when I find something like that out, something that I think that can really help me out, I want to share it with everybody else who might be interested. So again, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and peace out. This podcast is written and produced by Marissa Dele Farfalle and brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Learn more at www.anchor.fm. Thank you.